Support for this show is brought to you in part by Constant Contact. If you own a small business, you know well that success is all about relationships. That's why Constant Contact's email marketing makes it easy to connect with new customers and stay in touch with the ones you already have. See how you can be a marketer with a free trial at constantcontact.com slash podcast. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, episode 454. Today, I bring you Zig Ziggler on stage and in a more intense mood than his somewhat jovial presentations he has sometimes. Why? Well, he's talking about self-image, a topic he was most passionate about. In this message, Zig's focus is on some of the key things that cause a bad self-image Things we need to take audit of within ourselves so we can correct them and succeed. This is a meaty show, folks. You're what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. Hi, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, your host of The Ziegler Show. All the self-help, self-improvement, inspirational and motivational info in the world is pointless if your self-image is faltering. And very, very few people, including myself, can claim a perfectly healthy self-image, which is why this topic was arguably Zig's number one topic in his devotion to inspiring true performance. In today's message, he has very few punchlines and laughs. It's a more serious subject. And we need to give serious attention to it. The message from Zig is about 10 minutes, and then we'll give focus to just a couple highlights from what he shares. Uh, let me say, you'll notice the recording is a little rough. And folks, there are more audio recordings of Zig Ziglar's, of his talks, his presentations, his teaching than nearly any other leader on earth. And so often, uh, some of the gems that only that got to us only made it via some subpar audio. So I apologize for that, but not enough to nix it and keep it from you. So this specific message here is one I had actually not heard before. So bear with it if you would. And real quick, speaking of less than perfect, many of you may have missed shows 452 and 453. We had an error in our code when we uploaded the show and show 452 stopped the feed on over half of all podcast players. Uh, it took us a while to realize and then correct it. So maybe just check to ensure you got them as 452 was a great zig clip titled The Power of Relationships at Work. And then show 453 was a stellar interview with Roy uh, Ray Edwards that has already been cited as the best show we've ever done. So uh, just a call out if you happen to have missed those. Okay, friends, here then is Zig. In the Dallas Morning News on March 10, 1993, they had a substantial article about the damage that is done to the self-image of a lot of people when we compare ourselves to the glamour people of the world and to the brains of the world and to the people who have all of these other things. Does that constitute success? 
In one of the later series, I'll be talking about the fact that millionaires are boring. I'll be talking about who gets to be a millionaire. You'll probably be surprised to know uh, that there are infinitely more salespeople who are millionaires than doctors. You'll probably be amazed to learn, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that there are more millionaires uh, in America with average jobs. As a matter of fact, according to U.S. News and World Report, less than 1% of all of the millionaires in America are in athletics, entertainment, Music, television, and the movies combined. Less than 1%. The other 99% are people like you and me who hung in there over a period of time. We need to get a different picture of ourselves. What causes poor self-images? Well, poverty can be a cause of poor self-image. For example, if a home is such that the child is unwilling to bring their friends there, that has an impact on them. If they have a a drunken parent there or a drug addict for a parent and they're embarrassed to introduce people to them, that can make them have a poor self-image. Harsh, brutal treatment, physical abuse, verbal abuse, they can all have an impact. But the number one cause of a poor self-image is the lack of unconditional love. Where you accept your child and love your child, not because they made an A, not because they clean their room, not because they make their bed, not because they're in on time, but because they are yours, you unconditionally accept them as yours. One of the most destructive uh, things about self-image Uh, has to do, as I mentioned earlier, with incest or sexual abuse. Incidentally, for what it's worth, when a single mother who has a little girl invites her boyfriend to come live with her, you have just extended an invitation to the neighborhood pedophile. The records are crystal clear the odds go up dramatically that that fella is watching what's going on in the neighborhood and it happens too many times for it to be a coincidence. What causes poor self-image? Well, the media treatment today. You ever notice the way they treat two-parent families? Have you ever noticed the way they deal with Catholics and Protestants? particularly people who have religious convictions and persuasions. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you saw a series where you had a regular husband and wife who were the heroes of the series? Most of the times, uh, the father is either brutal or a wimp. Too much of the time, the children uh, make old dad look like an idiot and they're smarter, the kids are, than mom and dad put together. That creates a real problem. Now, the question is, what do you do about it? What's another cause? Well, it pains me to say this, but negative preachers are one of the biggest causes of a poor self-image where all they talk about is what God's going to do to you about hell and brimstone. Now, don't misunderstand. I think some of that ought to be there. Heard somebody say if there's more hell in the pulpit, there'd be less of it in the streets. However, let me simply say, we need to look at 
the positive side as well. And that's what I would like to do. I want to emphasize that when you explore the manifestations of a poor self-image, it will help us identify the people whom we're dealing with and hopefully ourselves. And if we can tell uh, that person has that kind of a problem, and if we have that kind of a problem, then we're in position to offer a solution. Here's some of the manifestations. Jealousy without cause. I've heard so many times a husband or wife say, oh, I just love him so much I can't let him out of my sight. What they're really saying is, I cannot believe he or she would just be faithful to me. Poor little old me. Let me remind you again that in that study of 300 world-class leaders, I'm talking about Gandhi and Roosevelt and Churchill and Helen Keller and Martin Luther King and Hold Schmier. Let me remind you, 25% of them had some serious physical disability and 75% of them had either been abused as children or had been raised in poverty. But they understood it wasn't what happened to them, it's how they handled what happened to them. Second manifestation is a failure to give your best effort. See, if you don't give your best effort, then you can always say, well, had I really tried, I would have succeeded in that endeavor. But had you tried and failed, then you have a fear that you will more materially, you will further have a deterioration of your self-image. Uh, they don't finish the project, uh, whatever the project is. They don't finish it, whether it's cutting the grass or getting the report in on time uh, or finishing uh, the project they're on. When you finish, you get recognition, you get praise, and I don't deserve praise. So if I don't finish it, now they don't sit there and think this through, but instinctively that's what happens. They think others are laughing at uh, them, and they'll have a tennis that a quiz uh, a group after they've broken up. What were you all talking about? Did you mention me? They're overly sensitive to criticism. They can't handle a compliment. Boy, I'm telling you, this is one of the most delicious casseroles I've ever eaten. Well, I wish I'd have had time to marinate the veal a little bit longer. My, that's a beautiful dress you've got on. Well, I've been wearing it for three years, but thank you. My, your house is always so neat. Well, I wish I'd have had more time to take care of some of the panels around. They just cannot accept a simple compliment and say, Thank you, which is a sign of a good, healthy self-image. They insist on picking up the check. You go out with somebody, whether it's coffee or a meal, even though they cannot afford it, let me pick up the check. They're not worthy of your company unless they give you something, and so they pick up the check. They dress in revealing clothes. They, uh, you know, they advertise that way. Fishermen call that trolling. The only problem with trolling is sometimes you pick up an old boot or a stump or an old garfish or a turtle and you find out it's tougher to get them off the hook than it was to get them on. <laughs> they fail to ask for the order as a salesperson. Fifteen years I was in direct sales. I've seen hundreds of efforts by salespeople to close a sale. And they'd be talking and talking and talking and talking, and they never asked for the order. And finally the prospect says, well, John, you're not trying to sell me something, are you? Oh, no, no, no. Well, what are you, a professional visitor? <laughs> you know what we've discovered? 
We've discovered that sales escalate dramatically when the image improves because if you've got the right image, you're selling the right product. And if you feel good about yourself and what you're selling, you want the other person to own it for their benefit. Not yours, their benefit. One manifestation uh, is that they overpromise. We've all seen it. Every new coach or manager that comes in, uh, uh, you know, they will on the side say, well, now it might take a rebuilding process, but then to the side, but I can guarantee you it's going to be a lot faster than a lot of people think. They overpromise. Politicians are notoriously famous for that. Are they not? All right. They overpromise because they are afraid they won't be accepted unless they are. Oh, motor mouth is one of the signs of a uh, poor self-image. You know, they talk all the time. They simply can never slow down because they feel they've always got to be selling and selling and selling. How many of you have ever had a motor mouth uh, that you went to just for a little drop-in visit and after about 15 minutes, you know it's time to go and as you head for the front door, he blocks it off. He stands in the way. Got something else to tell you. You finally maneuver and get out the door and he follows you out to the car. He opens the door for you and as uh, as you're backing out, he says, roll down the middle, roll down. Got one more thing to tell you. Old motor mouth is a sign of a poor self-image. Sometimes a silent mouth. Not always, but sometimes. They simply are afraid that what they have to say is of very little value. And consequently, they do not say anything. And of course, a filthy mouth is one of the surest giveaways of all. They think they, in order to get somebody to listen, they've got to punctuate it with comments like that. Before we dive into Zig's talk here and the focal points that we want to hit on, if you've listened long, you know I'm a proud foodie. I love cooking and eating great food. We have a sit-down meal in my family seven days per week, and on a small night, my wife and I cook for eight living in our home, but often up to double that when the older kids are home and accompanied by friends. We cook great food, but it needs to be relatively simple and quick. Uh, Last week, I had one of the most fun nights of cooking in a long time, thanks to Blue Apron. They sent us two family meals for the week, which for our crew, my daughter and I made all of it in one night. You can see pics on Facebook if you want to look me up at Agent K Miller. But with Blue Apron, it costs less than $10 per person per meal. Blue Apron delivers easy-to-follow recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients, courtesy of over 150 local farms, ranches, and fisheries across the United States, right to your door. They use fresh, high-quality ingredients, and they ship the exact amount of each ingredient uh, required for a recipe. There's no food waste. It's everything you need to make sustainable and delicious home-cooked meals in 40 minutes or less. Some of the meals available in February include cashew chicken stir-fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice, uh, udon noodle soup with miso and soft-boiled eggs. We had for our dinner butternut squash pasta and crispy Monday. I had to look that up. It's an Asian sea bass. Came with uh, quinoa and roasted carrot salad. Everything was a hit with the three adults and five kids down to age four that were in attendance. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Ziggler. If you like fresh, wholesome, delicious food that's simple to prepare and cook, again, look no further. Go to blueapron.com slash Ziggler, Blue Apron. It's just a better way to cook. 
Well, folks, let's just take a second and hit on a couple of the topics that that Zig cited in his message. And he was talking about damage to self-image when we compare ourselves to the famous people of the world. Now on that, I want to make a call out to show 440 that we did with Rachel Cruz. That's Dave Ramsey's daughter. The title of the show was love your life, not theirs, which is also her book, her, her most recent book that you can go get this issue right here is what she was talking about. Do your favor and, and listen to that. Uh, to dig in a little bit more on this topic, but you know, Zig in this message, I mean, he said this probably two decades ago is when this message came from. And this is before the internet that we know today. Uh, and today with the internet, we're dramatically more exposed to all the famous people of our time, the celebrities. I mean, you cannot escape the exposure if you get online at all, which nearly hundred percent of all people, uh, at least those listening here today uh, do. So the point well, we're all frequently, and if you do a lot of TV and media, media, you're saturated with exposure to people's lives that are a very minute percentage of the world, and to that degree, not the real world. And if you don't think that it, or if you think it doesn't affect your psyche to some degree, uh, the comparing of your life to theirs, Zig is saying you are sorely mistaken. So does that mean is the point to stop all media? Well, to any degree, in any amount that you will is going to benefit your life on all levels. But uh, that's not the point. As we began by citing, it's nearly impossible to get into a bubble tight enough to escape fully this scenario we're talking about here. The point then is, let's just get it on the table and deal with it. Uh, for instance, if you came to visit me up in the high mountains of the uh, Rockies here in the dry climate and very high altitude, you're going to lose more moisture than normal and you need to subsidize with more fluids than normal. Well, if you're frequently exposed to the celebrity world, you and we, I need to be aware of how it affects our self image and subsidize and bolster the reality of no, this, this is reality. They're not living in a reality. This is, uh, this is the real reality and deal with that real issue that is relevant to celebrities and maybe the person that you know in your own life where it's just the keeping up with the Joneses. Again, that specific term is hit in show 440 with Rachel Cruz. But but even looking at this, looking at the celebrities, the point isn't to say, okay, but those are abnormal. We're just the, the normal peasants of the world. That's why Zig brings this next point up about millionaires. And he's talking about the realities and truths that were so well laid out in a book called The Millionaire Next Door. If you haven't gotten that book, I highly recommend it. Been around for a long time. It's one of those books that's on the shelves of most of the great world leaders you're ever going to find. It was written by Thomas Stanley. And in that, the point of it was that most millionaires are just the person next door. They are by percentage statistic, literally not the celebrities, not the pro sports players, and really not even the big professionals, the doctors and lawyers. They are primarily business owners. Uh, but those businesses even there are often very low profile, relatively small businesses, and usually very blue collar, uh, less than 1% of millionaires in, uh, America again, are those celebrities. 99% as Zig says are just regular people. So again, we're looking at these celebrities comparing our lives and yet, uh, the people they're, they're again, they're not the real world and they're not even the millionaires out there either. So it's a big deal. So he goes from here to talking about the causes of poor, the other causes of poor self image. And he lists off real quick poverty, 
drunken or drug addicted parents and, and mainly anything at home that's going to cause you to be embarrassed to your friends as a kid, obviously abuse. And then he comes to the, a big foundation always says, number one is lack of unconditional love. That is uh, that's dramatic. And the point is, you know, loving your child, not for what they do, but because they're alive and they are your child. But here he's talking to us. Okay. We were children. We are not anymore. We've already passed that, but having to look back and realizing what aspects of uh, unconditional love or not, did we have, and even those who, of us who came from great parents, they can't be perfect. And there are going to be some issues that we need to uh, generally all of us come to grips with and understand. I, I recently wrote a letter to my kids. Here's an admission on an area of my own. Actually, it was talking about just emotional intimacy. And as at, at my 46 years of age dealing with, uh, that's not a strong point of mine. And even as I try to correct it, my older kids, my oldest son's about to turn 22, uh, and that they need to realize that they're a product of that. That is going to affect them. Now, it's not to take that and make an excuse, but to say, hey, here's a weakness you were given, you were privy to. You need to know that. Let's get it out on the table so that you can be aware of it and you can be better. You can overcome that. Uh, so again, it's not to go back and diss our parents, but just to be honest and say, gosh, what were some of the things that happened that maybe weren't perfect, unconditional love that are, that, that have given me some, you know, some, some consequences for who I am and how I am today. And it's interesting. He talked, going back to media, he talks about, you know, how often do we see good examples in the media? You can tell Zig was not a big TV fan. Um, but he talks about something back then that I think is every bit as relevant now, though I've never had regular TV in my own home, but just, uh, you still get, you know, Netflix and Redbox. I mean, we do movies and you see what's out there and he's saying, when did you ever see, when have you ever seen a movie with a regular husband and wife who were heroes? They had good and healthy relationships. They had respect for each other. They love their kids. Well, they don't hardly make movies about that. Uh, he even goes on to talk about, uh, you know, what's another bad influence that's out there outside of the media? How about negative preachers? Now, Zig was a sold-out follower of Jesus Christ and, and, and adored the church at large, but he didn't pull any punches with what he saw as deficits that came even from the, quote, church and negative preaching on negative aspects and things that were, it was almost a religious abuse. A lot of people suffer from that. A lot of people who have hard feelings towards Christianity had uh, yeah, in, in many ways, religious abuse, we see that a, a good bit, big topics just for us to look at and audit our lives. What are these things that affected us that we need to come to grips with, acknowledge, get on the table so that we can get past them and make sure they're not handicapping us. Well, next he spends a little bit of time on manifestations of poor self-image. Before we wrap up with that, I want to recognize Princess Cruise Lines as another sponsor of today's episode. According to a recent poll done by the Huffington Post, more than half of Americans took seven or fewer vacation days last year, which folks, I understand. But we also know how vacation and time outside the grind of our lives, even if it's a great grind, is so important and reducing stress, improving mental health, and strengthening our relationships. So to make this year different, take some time for yourself with Princess Cruise Lines. Amongst cruise lines, they were voted to have the best itineraries. Princess Cruises are an easy, convenient way to travel, 
and can take you wherever there's an ocean. So whether you're dreaming of whale watching in Juneau or dancing the tango amidst the colorful streets of Buenos Aires, there's a destination for you. Right now, they're having the Princess Cruise Anniversary Sale. You can get up to $600 in free onboard spending money that you can use to sip wines you can't pronounce, go cage diving, or unwind at the Lotus Spa. It's a prime time to take your next vacation on a Princess Cruise, so visit Princess dot com slash Ziggler for more details. Now, again, that's princess.com slash Ziggler. Well, Zig hit on a study that I have heard a lot of times, and it is one I have retold to my kids, to other people. So I ask you to really listen to this. This was one, it's a neat, it's a neat reality to uh, not only just maintain or retain for yourself, but it's another one to pass on to people, whereas they may take hard circumstances and be overcome by them and encourage them to overcome because of those hard circumstances. So it's a study of 300 world-class leaders. And, uh, if in, in this analogy, he says, and it's a really important one because it's going to be relevant to so many of our lives. He said in these 300 world-class leaders, 25% had a physical disability. That's significant. Again, to take a slice of big world leaders, 25% had a physical disability. Now this one's even bigger. 75% were abused or raised in poverty. And he sums it up and says, they realized it wasn't what happened to them. It's how they handled what happened to them. There's really not any of us listening right now who can't take hold of that for our own benefit. Cause none of us again, had a perfect life. None of us got to where we are today without some hurt, without some deficit, without some trial, without some tragedy, without something that we were a victim of. Uh, none of us, it could even be too much positive, too much pressure, too many expectations from a perfect life. Uh, those are just as relevant folks. And so to look at that, and we've talked about this in shows before Tom Ziegler and I did, and he really pulled out of that, that it, it taught those kids strength and overcoming And it taught them that the world was not just about them. It was about others as well. Now, the interesting thing though, is what if you had, we're talking 300 world-class leaders, 25% out of physical disabilities, 75% were abused or raised in poverty. There was probably, and I'm ad living here, bulk. So I got to believe there was also, I would say that they were still a minority. The majority of their peers where similar things happened to them. Those people were overcome by those things. It could have given them strength to to, to do even more than the norm, uh, but it overcame them. These people took these things, let it strengthen them, and they overcome. Now, where are the grand middle classes between those folks uh, are probably the people who did not have a physical disability. They weren't abused. They weren't raised in poverty. And uh, this is going to sound harsh, but just take it for the analogy. They're a little soft. They're not as hungry. They're not as needy. And they, it can, it can apt to make you be in mediocrity. There's something to think about for those of you who didn't, uh, who don't relate to those things that, okay, so you didn't have a hard life. Can you still gain strength, overcome and succeed? Yes. But it may also almost be a, a deficit. There's something to chew on. Uh, but then he also talks about them people who just did not give their best effort. 
And he, again, talk, and then he takes that to go into people with poor self images. And then he goes through a really powerful, I think, litany of descriptions and examples of reactions that are indicative of a poor self image. So we listened to that. I think it was about four minutes straight, literally of him talking and going through analogies. If you're a normal person like myself, it's easy to hear the list and think of other people. You could hear him as he's talking about, Oh yeah, Bob does that. Oh, yep. There's Mark. Uh Uh-huh. Beth, Beth, I hear, I bet does that all the time, which that's okay. It's good to be able to recognize it. So take the exercise, do it and recognize that in other people, but maybe also rewind and listen again with yourself on the stage. Nobody has a perfect self image. Again, where are you possibly falling and failing in some of these aspects? Where can you hear yourself saying those things or, or, or reacting in such ways? I mean, Zig doesn't ultimately want us looking at other people. He wants us to look in the mirror. And it's interesting in this message as we wrap up here that you may have noticed Zig doesn't end with a tidy little inspirational bow. He just leaves it hanging. He leaves it with us to chew on and deal with. And man, I appreciate that. Speaking of churches and, and preachers, I so often in my upbringing in the church and a lot of different churches where I'd hear a sermon, hear a message that was really good. It had some meat to it. And yet then the music comes in and the shades are drawn and the light comes in and we tidy it up, put on a smile and handsomely send everyone out the door with hopes of sunshine and a fat lunch. And it's really easy to forget the convicting truth we may have just heard. Sometimes I think we need to look the enemy in the face, the reality in the face and realize there is a battle going on and not deny it, but hit it head on and overcome that sucker. And that's what Zig brought to us today. That's why we're here together on the Ziggler show. Folks, thanks for being with me as we inspire our true performance together. Mm -hmm.